Hello, parents, guardians, caregivers, teachers, and other learning partners. I'd like to take a moment before the podcast to thank you for choosing me, Raggedy Andy, to be your child's reader for the next half hour or so. You can find the list of stories and songs in the show notes on your platform of choice and a link to Raggedy Andy's Patreon. This podcast can only happen with generous support of our patrons. Thank you so much to those who have bought me a cocoa or subscribed to Patreon, and some of you have done both. I'm so glad to be here, and I am so glad that you are here. Thanks for listening. Hello, my sweet friend. Hello, my sweet friends. Welcome back to the Book Nook. It is October, which means that it's getting a little bit chillier outside for some of us. I know that some of you live in places where it doesn't get chilly now, and some of you live in places where it starts to get warm about now because you live in the Southern Hemisphere while the Book Nook is in the Northern Hemisphere. October is one of my favorite, favorite months, not just because it's starting to get a little chillier and some people's favorite flavors like pumpkin spice start to show up in the grocery store, but it's also a time when things start to get darker and I love to sit by a fire in the dark in the book nook and read some books. But another thing that I love to do in October is travel. There are so many places to go and there are so many people that we can travel with. And even if we can't go on those adventures, we can take those trips through books. So October being one of my favorite months. Oh, also because Halloween is in there. Let's not forget Halloween. We'll have a very special episode closer to Halloween. But this episode is about all those trips and travels. And we're going to meet a very special person who took some trips and did some really cool things in his travels. But first, let's start with a couple poems about traveling. Let's get started. The Way Through the Woods by Rudyard Kipling. They shut the road through the woods 70 years ago. Weather and rain have undone it again, and now you would never know there was once a road through the woods before they planted the trees. It's underneath the coppice and heath and the thin anemones. Only the keeper sees that, where the ring dove broods and the badgers roll at ease, there was once a road through the woods. Yet. If you enter the woods of a summer evening late, when the night air cools on the trout-ringed pools where the otter whistles his mate, they fear not men in the woods because they see so few. You will hear the beat of a horse's feet and swish of a skirt in the dew, steadily cantering through the misty solitudes as though they perfectly knew the old lost road through the woods. But there is no road through the woods.
You know, that poem reminds me of another poem about a very special leaf who was a little bit anxious until October. Let's hear his story now. The Anxious Leaf by Henry Ward Beecher. Once upon a time, a little leaf was heard to sigh and cry as leaves often do when a gentle wind is about. And the twig said, what's the matter, little leaf? And the leaf said, the wind just told me that one day it would pull me off and throw me down to lie on the ground. The twig told it to the branch on which it grew and the branch told it to the tree. And when the tree heard it, it rustled all over and sent back word to the leaf. Do not be afraid. Hold on tightly, and you shall not go till you want to. And so the leaf stopped sighing, but it went on nestling and singing. Every time the tree shook itself and stirred up all its leaves, the branches shook themselves, and the little twig shook itself, and the little leaf danced up and down merrily as if nothing could ever pull it off. And so it grew all summer long until October. And when the bright days of autumn came, the little leaf saw all the leaves around becoming very beautiful. Some were yellow and some scarlet and some striped with both colors. Then it asked the tree what it meant. And the tree said, all the leaves are getting ready to fly away. And they have put on those beautiful colors because of joy. And then the little leaf began to want to go and grew very beautiful in thinking of it and when it was very bright in color it saw that the branches of the tree had no color in them and so the leaf said oh branches why are you lead color and we golden we must keep on our work clothes for our life is not done but your clothes are for holiday because your tasks are over and then a little of wind came and the leaf let go without thinking of it and the wind took it up and turned it over and over and whirled it like a spark of fire in the air and then it fell gently down under the fence among hundreds of other leaves and began to dream a dream so beautiful that perhaps it will last forever You know, sometimes I feel like that little leaf. Sometimes I'm very, very nervous and I hear things or I don't want to do something or I'm scared I have to do something and I get a little anxious too. And that's when I listen to some very good music like you heard in that poem and the poem before it. And I remember that everything happens in its own time just like October coming. Now, I saw Halloween decorations going up in the store in July, and I wanted October to be here so bad. And now that it's here, it's where it's supposed to be. One of my favorite things to do in October is go to an apple orchard. This coming story is about someone who helped plant apple orchards all over the place and his name is Johnny Appleseed he's the one that I told you we would meet he sings a very special song 
See, Johnny Appleseed was a Christian person, and he liked to sing about how the Lord has been good to him. And his song goes, oh, the Lord's been good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple tree. The Lord is good to me. And some people sing that before they eat food. I used to sing it at summer camp before we had every single meal. This coming story has that song in it. See if you can hear it. Now, I'd like to tell you the story of Johnny Appleseed. Legend says that Johnny Appleseed slept in a treetop hammock, played with a bear, and even had a wolf for a pet. Whether these statements are fact or fiction, one thing is for sure, Johnny Appleseed is considered a great American hero. Johnny Appleseed's real name was John Chapman. He was born in Leominster, Massachusetts. On September 26, 1774, he was the son of Nathaniel Chapman, a farmer and a carpenter. Growing up on a farm, John loved helping his father with the work. John spent most of his time in the apple orchard where he'd tend to the trees and pick apples during the autumn harvest. Wagon trains on their way out west would pass through the farm. John would sit for hours talking to the drivers, learning that the soil out west was good for growing trees. He dreamed of going west himself, but his father tried to discourage him, saying that there were no apples out west. To this, Johnny replied, then I'll bring apples to the people there. I will plant all kinds of apples, red, yellow, and green. In the early 1800s, he wandered what was then called frontier country, planting apple seeds and helping to make the wilderness a home for advancing pioneers. He planted over 100,000 square miles of apple orchards in western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Indiana. Now, he developed a routine. In the autumn, he returned to his orchards in Allegheny County to gather apple seeds. In the spring... He would scout for sites, plant nurseries, and fence them in. Now, a nursery is a little spot where people grow plants. In the summer, he would repair fences and nurseries he'd established earlier and find a local agent to tend the trees. Now, this was somebody that would help take care of those trees when he couldn't be around. He would then be ready to move on and start the whole process all over again. By 1806, John Chapman had been nicknamed Johnny Appleseed, and legends about him began to spread locally. Many settlers told similar stories of his appearance after welcoming him into their cabins for a meal. He must have been quite a sight. Their stories describe him as a man of medium height, sinewy and large-boned, and dark hair down to his shoulders and bright blue eyes. He wore a coffee sack with holes for arms and legs. Now, he 
made a shirt out of a burlap sack. Tradition has it that he wore a tin pot on his head that served as both a hat and a saucepan. His lifestyle and preferences were completely opposite of the norms of frontier life. He was a vegetarian. He preferred to sleep outdoors and avoided towns and settlements. He thought it was cruel to ride a horse, chop down a tree, or kill a rattlesnake. The stories go on and on. The settlers viewed these attitudes as preposterous and outrageous, but extremely amusing nonetheless. He went barefoot in any weather, even snow and ice. He would entertain boys by pressing hot coals or needles into the soles of his feet, which had grown tough and leathery. Ew. Johnny Appleseed was even known to thaw ice using only his bare feet. Now, part of why Johnny Appleseed did all these things was because of his religion. And his religion was his beliefs. So, of course, he lived out his beliefs. In 1845... When Johnny was 71 years old, he died in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Johnny Appleseed was, to put it kindly, eccentric. He was a vegetarian who traveled barefoot and, equally out of character with his times, showed kindness to animals and befriended the Native Americans. He was known as Johnny Appleseed in his lifetime, a folk hero about whom legends and stories were told then and since, he became a mythic figure who helped to tame the American wilderness by planting apple orchards. Overall, Johnny Appleseed embodied two extremes, the rugged frontiersman and the gentle humanitarian. Are you a little bit of both? I don't know. Maybe your next apple will tell you so. What a neat person. Johnny Appleseed was really interesting. And, you know, one of my favorite apple orchards is actually in Indiana, which he may have started a long, long time ago. Now, not everybody travels over land. Some people travel by boat. And this next poem is a little boy imagining what happens when his toy boats go traveling. Where go the boats? by Robert Louis Stevenson. Dark brown is the river, golden is the sand. It flows along forever with trees on either hand, green leaves a-floating, castles of the foam, boats of mine a-boating. Where will all come home? On goes the river and out past the mill, away down the valley, away down the hill, away down the river, a hundred miles or more, other little children shall bring my boats to shore. In the autumn, or fall, which usually starts in late September and early October, 
A lot of people go on hikes and walks through the woods, just like Rudyard Kipling did. And some people make little toy boats out of leaves and sticks and send them on their merry way, just like this little boy did. Speaking of boats, it reminds me of one of my very favorite songs about being a traveler on earth. And it's not just about taking a boat somewhere or taking a hike somewhere. It's about all of us being on earth going around and around the sun. Did you know that we travel through space too? Oh goodness, that's sometimes hard to think about. But this song called Blue Boat Home is one of my absolute favorites. Now you may recognize the tune. This is a tune that's used in lots and lots of songs, but this one has very special lyrics that mean a lot to me. Go below me, I feel no motion standing on these mountains and plains far away from the rolling ocean still my dry land heart can say i've been sailing all my life now never harbor or port have i known the wide universe is the ocean I travel And the earth is my blue boat home Sun my sail and moon my rudder As I ply the starry sea Leaning over the wonder casting questions into the deep drifting here with my ship's companions all we kindred pilgrim souls making our way by the lights of the heavens in our beautiful blue I give thanks to the waves upholding me, hail the great winds urging me on, greet the infinite sea before me, sing the sky my sailor's song. I was born upon the fathoms, wide universe is the ocean I travel and the earth is my blue boat home though below me I feel no motion standing on these mountains and plains far away from the All my life now 
The wide universe is the ocean I travel And the earth is my blue boat home And the earth is my blue boat home we sail everywhere on this spaceship or sunship or just boat, blue boat, that's called Earth. I have one more poem for you, and it is about what a wonderful world this is. Let's listen. The Wonderful World by William Brightly Rands Great wide, beautiful, wonderful world, with the wonderful water round you curled, and the wonderful grass upon your breast. World, you are beautifully dressed. The wonderful air is over me, and the wonderful wind is shaking the tree. It walks on the water, it whirls in the mills, and talks to itself on the top of the hills. You, friendly earth, how far do you go with the wheat fields that nod and the rivers that flow? With cities and gardens and cliffs and isles and people upon you for thousands of miles. Ah, you are so great and I am so small. I hardly can think of you, world, at all, and yet when I say my prayers today, a whisper within me seemed to say, You are more than the earth. Though you're such a dot, you can love and think, and the earth cannot. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I think I might go for a walk or maybe I'll jump in a kayak and go for a paddle. I hope that you go out and enjoy this wonderful world as the seasons change. And until we meet again, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep reading. Stay healthy, keep reading. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading. Until the day comes we meet again. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading.